So welcome to 15 Minutes with 15 West. I am very excited to have Joanna Behe here, who is the founder and CEO of Blue Moon. Um, Blue Moon is an executive search firm focused on creating more inclusive working environments. Um, Joanna will tell you a little bit about herself uh, in a minute, um, but just wanted to say that Joanna and I met earlier this year at a time when I was setting up my own recruitment business and she very much opened my eyes to the needs and benefits of um, having more inclusive recruitment strategies. So, um, Joanna, over to you. Would you like to just quickly give everyone a little bit of background on yourself? So first of all, thank you very much for inviting me. This is lovely. I've been looking forward to it. Um, yeah, so you're absolutely right. I run um, Blue Moon, which is a diversity and inclusion consultancy practice. And you're absolutely spot on that we also have an executive search um, offering. And we also have focus on diversity data. So we provide diversity metrics for businesses. We're not necessarily sector specific to begin with. We were always focused in the creative industries because that was where I started my own career. But as time's gone on, we've gone sort of into financial services, technology, um, uh, law firms and legal sector, construction, education. It's right, right across the board. And I guess, that, I guess that's a testament to the fact that as you mentioned earlier, inclusive practices can be um, established in all workplaces, big or small, um, regardless of sector. Great, cool. So, I mean, I'd like to just sort of start by um, asking you sort of why, why is diversity inclusion important, in particular in the recruitment industry? I mean, it's obviously important in all industries, but why would you say it's an important thing for us to be discussing today? I think um, there's, there's two points really. I think the first is that it's, it's, it's moving to a point where we're not sort of seeing diversity as an extra add-on and actually that every individual is different and that's essentially what diversity speaks to is just difference and I think that we're doing a disservice to even ourselves so that's ourselves even if I'm the white middle-class male to assume that diversity is only sort of those nine protected characteristics that we're talking to to ensure or, or you know or, or working towards um, engaging with because we don't want sort of legal repercussions of not doing that actually we need to go beyond that and think about it from a talent is talent at the end of the day and most people just require um, different uh, if you like equity in order to level the playing field so I think the first thing is to try and move away from and I think recruitment agencies do this a lot as I'm probably sure you've seen is or even when you're getting a job brief companies will say you know we're going to use you and a diversity recruiter when actually we should all just be recruiting inclusively, in mm. which case we, we would organically get um, a diverse oh. range of people. Yeah. I think, um, that's, yeah. So I think that's a really, really good point. Like, but it's almost stepping back and saying, you know, how, how are we getting talent to apply for the jobs? Like we don't, we shouldn't need a strategy really. We should be, you know, making it accessible to, to everyone, you know, from, from day one absolutely and and it's 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 a lot it, it needs to become important because and, and a focus because it's the solution to a lot of the problems so at the end of the day if, you know if you're looking for talent or you you assume there's a talent shortage well it's only going to be a talent shortage of the pool that you've been looking in whereas if you've been looking as far and wide as possible actually that that's the solution isn't it diversifying where you're looking for the talent understanding territorial and cultural differences you know in, in various territories that again um, has diversity has that brings value to that to a global mm. organization it allows you to 
understand the different cultures of which your customers might be operating in. I think it it also, if if we're in the business of you know, um, if supporting people to find roles that allow them to sort of fulfil their potential and their dreams and to progress in life, then surely we've it's it's just people. Our, so our service, if you like, is people. So people come in all different guises, and it's really important. Uh, and all different identities it's really important that actually we know how to communicate not only to those people but on behalf of those people when we're speaking to clients uh, and equally to candidates preparing them for who they're going to meet when they're going to see a client because of course as i say everyone is is different yeah absolutely i think the one thing that i start we talked about when we met earlier this year is that none of my client my clients or recruitment agencies none of them are have asked me in the last eight years you know what had to help them you know with this issue so it's not it but that, that was up until sort of earlier this year but obviously now people are starting to talk about it obviously with what's been happening in in um in america and and, and throughout the world in terms of you know black lives matter movement etc so i think people are now listening um but i don't think if i'm putting myself in my shoes as well i don't think we know really and my clients don't really know where to start so what would you say you know what how do people start on this this journey what would you say the, the important things are for them to to be looking at right now i i think um the first thing is whatever you do don't react um in a knee-jerk way so i think especially with with the point you made around black lives matter i think a lot of companies have sort of gone we need to be doing more to respond to the fact that our board is an all-white board mm. or or you know our our, our staff doesn't it has it really doesn't represent uh, the ethnic diversity that we have access to and so we to so come and sort of run off and go right we'll create a bursary or a scholarship or an early careers program or a development mentoring program for our senior talent and actually i think the first thing to do is to ask your talent that exists within your organization what they need what yeah. support looks like to them rather than assuming that you know the answer because you sometimes you've just got to accept that you won't have their experience um in the same way that I'll, I'll, i will not understand what it's like to be male or or a wheelchair user i have to find that out from speaking to other people and understanding their experiences and what they're what they're like and so i think it's really important that we ask people what is it that you need what would give you your equity what would it be that allows you to be successful uh, and, and, and just always think about that. And think about it in, if, it's, if it daunts you or it, or it kind of worries you, just think about it in your own relationships. You know, if your friend said, oh, I didn't feel supported by you, for example, you might sort of respond with, but I called every day, I, I, I sent you flowers, I did whatever. And they might actually say, what I really need was just to listen or for you just to say that I was welcome any time. So sometimes it's about asking them what support looks like for them so that yeah. there's not this... Um, disparity i think so that's the first thing is talk to your people that you currently have if you don't have ethnic minorities within your organization maybe you're a small team and maybe you're a big team and you just just haven't hired any um i think it's really important that you then speak to professionals and experts and organizations that exist to support organizations um to ensure that they are diversifying their talent pools and that they are creating inclusive cultures um and there's lots of reports out there if you're a bit nervous about how to broach it or how to discuss that with these organizations whether they are charities you know social enterprises there's reports like the ruby mcgregor smith report which has probably been updated now but that spoke to uh what the kind of ethnic minorities and specifically uh in some areas specifically what black talent required 
um, and what their experiences were. So even if you're nervous about asking people or you don't have those people, there is information out there that will talk to their experiences. The middle report that was done by the Black British Business Awards, again, that talks to um, some of the uh, black talent that are kind of stuck in that frozen middle where they're not able to, you know, they come in through early in their early career and then they progress to a certain point and then they feel like there's a bit of a ceiling mm. that, that they can't really break through. So I think using things like that's important. And then from a really practical standpoint, I think it's important to to think about where your talent would be. Yeah. So and go beyond the obvious. So I think in the past I've had clients sort of say to me, we advertised in the Voice newspaper because it's known as a black newspaper uh, or newspaper for black people. And um, you've just got to try and understand, okay, but just because it's a, mag a newspaper that's aimed at black people doesn't mean that everyone who's black is reading that newspaper. Mm. And so, um, so again, you need to be a bit more imaginative and think, okay, well, I've got a sales role or I've got an engineering role or I've got a creative role. What interest groups might they be involved in? You know what events might they go to or maybe i should scour through eventbrite and see yeah. who's holding events and tap into them and say um i noticed you've got this event going on why do you do it what do you do what's the business what does your your setup look like how can we do some stuff with you so that people are aware of us if it's you know um coding and, and those kinds of because it's such a tech is such a growing obviously market you know it's there's so many organizations you just scroll through instagram or facebook and there's all these groups that you know whether it's black girls who code or girls who can or whatever yeah. it is, you know, there's so many different groups of people that have come together to try and talk, you know, UK black tech, for example, they're all kind of profiling um, yeah. these individuals and, and, and with it, whatever sector that is, there are so many groups. You just have to keep kind of doing a bit of, a bit of digging. And, and I guess that's the, that's the challenge. It, why I say don't react in a knee jerk way is you have to be proactive. You have to be thinking about this all year round so that, when something like you know god forbid the incident that happens with george floyd actually we're not running around scurrying around trying to find this talent yeah. place, but we've actually already built relationships with them yeah i mean what and what do you think like it almost seems like it's a whole job for someone in marketing or you know someone you know uh, i don't know people are talking about now about appointing you know diversity and inclusion officers in their in their businesses like i, I know in recruitment especially I don't work with big recruitment firms and I'm sure they do have them, but in the boutique recruitment firms I have, I work with, they don't have like diversity and inclusion offices and it is sort of a full-time job for somebody really. Do you think that's something, a strategy that people should be looking at? I think so. I think you have to also be careful with the diversity and inclusion needs because what tends to happen is sometimes you get that person in and an organisation will assume that they're, they're in like the problem's been solved because we've got this diversity and inclusion lead, but actually, usually when they come in, it's almost like opening up the car bonnet and there's a hundred things wrong with the car as opposed to just one thing. Mm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so then you're tasking that one individual because they usually have the smallest resources ever. Yeah. Um, if, even if they do exist, they're either in a team alone or they've got a kind of a junior support who also is on a learning journey too. So, um, so what ends up happening is they're kind of a, they're just thrown into the deep end and there's quite a lot to deal with all at once and so, so much to address all at once so i think it's actually um it, it's not fair to rely solely on that person and instead instead i think it's a responsibility of talent managers hr functions ceos senior leadership teams to ensure that the processes of which you currently use are inclusive so that could easily be done across you know a week you could get individuals from various charities, whether it is um, 
Leonard Cheshire or um, Disability Confident, and you could get them to look at your processes and tell you what makes it difficult. What you need to do, yeah. Mm. And you could spend, I think you could spend time doing that. And then once you've done that, I think it, then it's about saying to everyone, if you are, whether you are in a position of hiring or not, you are also responsible for creating an inclusive culture here. Because the majority of the time, I'm not sat with my HR business partner. You know, I'm sat with yeah. my team. How do, how do I make them feel? If I'm a recruiter, again, the chief people officer of a recruitment firm, you know, a much bigger one, could have all the ambitions in the world for an inclusive environment. But if that doesn't trickle down to myself and I'm trying to do a deal and someone presents me with a candidate that to me feels like a risk because I've never, I've never dealt with a trans woman, for example, mm -hmm. I might avoid that. So it's about actually how we empower all of our staff to know where to go and where to look when they're, when they're confronted with someone that's different to what their typical profile, candidate profile might be. How can we empower them to go, I'm not sure how to handle this, but I might just give Stonewall a call and share my ignorance around this and just be open with them and say, look, help me. I, I'm, I'm probably overthinking it. But because people may be offended, but they'd rather you try and find out than to stick in your ignorance and stay with that I'm just going to avoid it. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. I mean, I think that the, you've got sort of certain boards of, I know, sort of recruitment firms that are fairly, you know, traditional. It's, you know, you, but you kind of need, you do need someone, I feel like, championing this, you know, I, sometimes I don't think it is going to come from, from the CEOs or the, you know, the senior level. I think it's going to come from people underneath sort of calling out their, their board and saying, this is something we need to do rather than the board leading it. I, I do see that dynamic happening right now. Like I've got a lot of my contacts that are saying that we as a business need to do something, but I can't get my, you know, my leadership team to, to get on board. So what do I do? So, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. <laughs> it is, but I think, unfortunately for most businesses, money talks. And so if you can, uh, if you can talk to the commercial benefits of that and it doesn't mean that it's going to happen uh you know if you hire these people in two weeks we're going to our, you know our profit's going to go out the roof I'm, it, you can't promise that of course no. but it's talking to those benefits and i always argue that the business case for it's not compelling enough so i always say if you couple that so if you've got the facts that back up why you're doing it and the reason i say the business case isn't compelling enough is because if it was we wouldn't all be still having conversations like this and you wouldn't have colleagues coming to you would you saying help how do i get my senior leadership to take seriously but i think it's about changing changing minds too because i think if you don't change their minds you can't change anything no. and the way to, you can have all the processes in the world but if i'm stuck with what i think that you know this person's not right for us because they're a woman for example then there's nothing that this process is going to do when it comes down to that human element i'm still going to have my bias so i think i think it's about making them realize that they are as diverse as those those minority groups and that actually there's going to be situations in which they will be impacted by this and sometimes it, it's a harsh reality but there's a large percentage of people for example with disabilities that acquire them so that are not born with them mm -hmm. of which so that could be any one of us so when you think about it like that it's imagine if this happened and all of a sudden all of your job prospects 
just felt you just didn't have any anymore and uh, suddenly you became you were this highly successful professional capable skilled person and then you have an accident something happens you now have a disability and all of a sudden people don't give you eye contact they don't communicate with you they avoid you because they don't understand your life anymore or they make all these assumptions about you and i think it's when you say that you've got to remember that anything can happen to any one of us none of us are above any of those things what happens if your daughter or your son marries a, a muslim or a black person you'd want them to have a nice fulfilling life where they both get the most out of work and can you know if they want to have a family raise a family really healthily yeah. but if you've been a part of the problem of creating structures that have always alienated them then you how are you going to feel when it starts to impact you and i think yeah. that most people don't care until it starts to until impact them. Changes then, yeah, I think everyone's got a different lens on life, and at yeah. the moment your lens is this, but it could be this mm -hmm. any minute now. Mm -hmm. Any minute, yeah, absolutely. And even when we think about people with criminal convictions, it's not a, um, it's not a protected characteristic. So within the private sector, you can do as you please. It's only the public sector where they've taken that box off of, do you have a criminal conviction? Because a, a campaign was launched. But for example, for those individuals, like. Sometimes when you actually visit the prisons and you and you run sort of career sessions with some of the individuals, they've made a really silly mistake on a night out. Mm. Um, or got into a fight or whatever it might be. And you look at their CV and they're fantastic. Amazing, you know, yeah. amazing candidates. But yeah. that's, that's what I mean. Anything can happen. And we've just got to not be so perfect that yeah. they can't I mean, happen to us. Like I'm a big campaigner, like lots of my clients say to me, we have to have a degree, you have to, and why? Why do they have to have a degree? <laughs> like, this is, no, they don't. Anyway, that's another story. But yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's not creating inclusive culture, is it? you know, just no, in, no. That, in that one request. So yeah, interesting. So are there any um, companies that you think are doing this really well that, you know, the listeners can uh, sort of look at, look at, sort of emulate? I think WPP Mediacom. Um, I think it helps that you've got Karen Blackett over at the top of that driving the agenda. She's very vocal okay. on the fact that she sees um, diversity and inclusion as a solution to a lot of business challenges. Uh, and that has fed down into a lot of the, the groups, you know, companies. Um, and I think Mediacom, I've worked with them for years and years and years. And you just go, you, I'm not saying that there aren't any challenges in there, there aren't still problems that I'm sure there must be things that go on, but generally I think they're, they are doing well at creating an environment where there's zero tolerance around certain behaviours and there's more open-minded views. Uh, and I think we're starting to see more of that um, coming through. And I, and I think organisations where you kind of have phrases like um, a career without limits, um, which, which is really yeah. talking about the fact that irrespective of who you are, where you come from, if you come here, work hard, you know, full of enthusiasm, it will be rewarded. We couldn't give a second thought to what, what's gone on in your home or prior, your life prior, just when you get here, if you're brilliant and we'll reward that. So I think kind of companies that have adopted that approach have been really really good so i'd say media can probably stand out i think some of the city firms like barclays of mm -hmm. course they have challenges um but i think where they've done they've started to do uh, well is things like with their mental health and well-being they they're a part uh, i sit on a board and we have a campaign called this is me the lord mayor's appeal and it, it talks to mental health and well-being and actually that's probably been one of if i remember correctly barclays most successful 
CSR, if you like, initiatives where it encouraged people of all levels across the organisation to talk about their mental health and well-being and provided, and as a result, it's provided like apps like Thrive that you can download and use. Okay. So I think that's, that's really good um, and, then, and they've done well. Great. No, that's really helpful. Thank you. Um, and I suppose just in terms of advice for going forward to give this, you know, meaning and longevity, have you got any sort of three top tips to, you know, once you've started just to, to sort of keep the, keep the conversation going to develop a, a strategy around this? Yeah, I'd say the first one is once you know better, do better. So I think if you've been to a conversation and you've heard people speak about their experiences, and you've heard what the barriers are there's no excuse after that really they've told you so you know we'll assume that you're trying your best but then when you know better you should really try and do better so i think that's but every time you make a decision think is this really me doing better am i really walking the walk here yeah i think account i think accountability yeah. I think if as a company you organise or, or sorry, you agree uh, that there's behaviours you want to inhibit within your organisation, I think um, holding people to account, whether they're your best friend at work or not, saying, you know, we need to walk the walk. This is all very well us having these events and it being exciting, but when it comes down to it, what are we really doing? Yeah. So I think that accountability is quite important. Right. Um, and I would say stop thinking about things as diverse talent and talent. Let's just think there's talent out there how do we get access to all of it? How are we greedy and get access to all of it? We need to find out where they are and what stops them getting involved with our, our application process. And we're going to remove all of those so that the only reason someone doesn't work with us is because maybe they're not, they haven't got the skills match for some of the jobs that we have right now. But it will never be because I couldn't fill out the application form or, you know, I felt like the interview was really biased. I think that's one of the make your all your processes so inclusive that you can be greedy of the of the talent that's out there brilliant that's super helpful thank you that's all i really want no, to thank chat you. about that's been like massively informative very thought-provoking and i'm yeah really excited to sort of just put this into my own business and hopefully <laughs> help my clients along the way as well but i think yeah a lot of people are going to get a lot out of that so i really really appreciate your time and no um, thank you thank you for having me thanks for asking it's been nice really nice no worries we will speak to you very soon thank you take care bye bye